welcome to the Liz Life. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Liz Life. That's Liz with two Zs. I am your host, Elizabeth with an S. It has been a while, and I am very sorry for the hiatus. Um, a lot of things have been going on, and I'm back in this new space. Hopefully the sound is better, and we're back to it. Today we're going to get right into it and talk about something that I am very passionate about. That means a lot to me and is a large reason of why I do what I do and how I got to where I am. And it's the idea that instant gratification culture is ruining our lives. Now, what I mean when I say that is that we, as a culture, we're always looking for the next best thing, the newest thing, the fastest thing. And in a lot of ways, that's really great because it's what propels us forward. It's what, um, you know, innovation is born out of our, out of our inherent sense of laziness. And so in some ways it's really, really good. Um, but in some ways it is quite dark and insidious and unhelpful if we are not careful and intentional. Um, in a trainer, you know, we can start with my, with how this came to be for me as a trainer. You see people come in and, you know, we try to find out what motivates them. And they say things like, I really want to see results. I'm very results driven. I really want to get fast results because if I don't see any progress, I'm not going to stick with it. Um, I hear that a lot more often than not. And it's what a lot of, um, crash diets and yo-yo dieting and, um, aggressively intense workouts come from, a lot of those prey on our need for instant gratification because we want results now. We want a secret weight loss pill where I don't have to change how I'm eating or how I'm moving and I'll still get the results I want and I'll get them fast. I'll get them now. Uh, join this program and you'll get the results that you want faster and better than ever before. We're going to take up the intensity super high and there's no way you can't lose weight or lose body fat because we're going to literally kick the shit out of you. <laughs> And people buy into it, you know, people, you see this a lot with the seek, all these secret diets, uh, keto, intermittent fasting, Atkins, South beach, whatever. It's all, I don't We're not going to get into those diets today. Um, we can talk about those another day, but the cult followings and the keynotes behind them and mostly with that you see with supplements and things like that are because people want get results quick, right? Get essentially get rich quick schemes, but for your body. Um, and a lot of my career has been spent, um, debunking a lot of that kind of stuff, um, helping people to operate with tools to make real lifestyle changes. Um, and some of those diets work well for some and not for others. And again, just very nuanced and other things, but the predatory nature of the diet industry and diet culture at large, preys upon people who want instant results now because we are um, instantaneously driven. You see this a lot as well with social media because it would be impossible to talk about this without talking about social media. Um, with social media, we get this massive consumption of other people's successes. And you can see them in 
30 second TikToks and reels and whatever, um, all of these meal preps and so on and so forth, these perfect physiques that, or perfect successes or whatever it is, um, that make you feel less than because, oh, well, this person reached it. Why can't I, this person did this. So, you know, in 30 seconds, why can't I, what you don't see is the years and years of intentional decision making that went behind those physiques, those business successes, where those people ended up in life. You don't see that on their reels and TikToks, but you are consuming it and you are consuming a massive volume of that. So you you have blown past being inspired by someone's success and now you are feeling um, less than in your own skin because you're now comparing your your success or lack thereof to someone else's. You're comparing your timelines, right? But the timeline is warped because of your over because of the nature of the platform and you and you have breached into overconsumption, right? Instead of using social media as a tool for connection, you are left feeling disconnected and inadequate. Let's take that a step further with um, purchase power, right? You are targeted. You could talk about something that you want and you are targeted with an ad that tells you exactly the thing that you need. Here's a link to get it. All you have to do is press your finger and it arrives right at your door. Again, a very useful tool if that's something that you need and you don't have time for, but because of this dopamine release, when you purchase something and it's delivered, you are going to keep craving more, right? And that's the same with social media, these dopamine releases gratification, getting what you need does release a level of dopamine, this consumption, this stimuli, right, to your brain, to your body. And so because of this overconsumption, we experience life a little bit dimmer, right? When we are no longer, when when ordinary life becomes more mundane, when we have to go through the tedium of physically buying something, it's somehow less gratifying. Why is that, right? Um, why do we experience normal life less, and I would argue that that's the truth because when you are with your friends, why are you still on your phone? If your friends were more entertaining than whatever's going on in your screen, why do you still sit on your phone? What What is that mechanism? And it's the dopamine response. We're going to take that even a step further. Dating culture. Dating culture, and, and it's actually kind of intermingled with, this, with the fourth one, uh, the fifth one I guess that I'm talking about. But dating culture is so wild because you have access, right, with these apps. You have more access to potential partners in the span of an hour than most previous generations had in their entire lifetimes. This infinite sea of options of people means that we are indiscriminately allowing people into our lives and allowing access to us when they maybe they shouldn't have access to us like that. And you can see it in the way that strangers talk to you, right? The very um, forward and aggressive way that they talk to you, which, and and I do mean sexually, um, or the entitlement of someone being like, hey, I've never met you. Do you want to come over for a wine night? No, Jeffrey Dahmer, I do not want to go to your house. I've never met you before. And what's even more wild is that you know, this isn't a man or woman thing because women say yes. I mean, I ask my guy friends if their experience is like this and yes, women are the same way. This instant gratification culture, and you know, if you've listened to my previous podcast, we talk about vulnerability and intimacy and how people are afraid to be vulnerable because we are so afraid of being vulnerable, right? And But we are feeling more alone and disconnected than ever before. We are allowing subpar intimacy into our lives. And this is further exacerbated, and it's kind of like a chicken or the egg thing, by porn culture. 
porn culture is keeping you lonely. It is keeping you in a perpetual state of sadness and loneliness and your sex life is probably suffering in ways that you are not aware of. And maybe you are, but it's not a conversation we have enough. Um, when we talk about porn culture, you know, a lot of young people start watching porn well before they are physically intimate with a partner. And they think that that's how sex is supposed to be had. That is entertainment sex. That's not intimacy sex. That's not connection sex. That's not what makes intimacy good, right? It's not pleasure driven. It's stimuli driven. When you talk about the actual physical act of sex with somebody, that is pleasure driven between those people. When you talk about consuming sex, that is meant to stimulate you, right? It is meant to stimulate your mind. And when you conflate the two, you are going to be very, very disappointed because what happens is people lose the ability because of the aggressive dopamine release. Like when we talk about social media and purchasing power and whatever, that's like that's like bottom of the barrel dopamine release compared to the aggressive release that happens when you watch porn and orgasm, right? That release, that chemical release can literally rewire your brain to experience life dimmer. And not just compared to the social media dimness. This is on like a whole nother stratosphere. And we don't talk about it enough because we don't, it's it's ingrained in our culture, right? Boys will be boys, magazines, whatever, it's fine. And I, you know, it, I think there are some camps that think porn can be educational or, you know, they sex positivity, fine, you know, but when we talk about it's a slippery slope because there's one, it's one thing to go out and have a drink or a cocktail with your friends and celebrate a birthday. It's an entirely other thing to go on a three-year-long binger, right? There's There's a spectrum here. And because of the aggressive release of chemicals with porn, you are at risk for overconsumption, for mindless consumption, and to rewire your brain. Especially when we talk about young people and in their young ages, they grow up having a very warped sense of what intimacy is because they have been physically intimate, but they are still consuming. Um, a lot of them lead. A lot of that leads to impotence in men. Um, for those who don't know what impotence, impotence means, it means you can't get hard. You're no longer stimulated by like a physical person in front of you. You need more stimulation. So whether it's an aggressive scene or an aggressive sex addict act or um, the lights and the sounds or whatever it is, you're no longer stimulated by real life. You're only stimulated by a screen. And so your actual intimacy, you will never experience the pleasure of real intimacy that is cultivated from getting to know someone, from feeling someone's emotional connection with you because that sex is on like, is like in a whole nother cosmos, right? Those those of us that have experienced intimacy like that know that you cannot compare the two. Um, it's very difficult, I think, to express to somebody how robbed they are of real intimacy if they have yet to experience it. It's so difficult to explain to somebody the gratification you get from having to work hard and be intentional with something when they have only experienced instantaneousness. And I think a lot of our younger generations are experiencing that um, and it's and it's hurting them, you know, and older generations have forgotten what it's like to work for something. And it, if we're not careful, and we have not been careful, but if we don't start to be more careful, we're gonna go down. We're gonna go down in flames faster than the state of global, of climate change. <laughs> but 
it's it's so wild because you see it in so many different facets, right? Especially when we talk about porn culture, the way that someone talks to me, the way that a man approaches me, um, and I use the example of men because I, I don't date women, but uh, I can see the example with men who consume a lot of porn, the way that they talk to me, the way that they try to put their hands on me, um, the suggestions that they make, um, the way that they move or the way that they kiss. It's, it feels very rushed and erratic and aggressive, like they're trying to emulate something that they've seen instead of being present. And it's difficult to pinpoint. Um, I had been... Um, I had been seeing someone for a while and he was expressing, you know, his experience with his experience relationship with porn to me. And it didn't really occur to me, but once he said it, I'm playing back in my brain. And now I am about all the interactions I've had in my life. And now I can see it a mile away. I can see it in everything that I just described. And you have to pay attention. But if you don't pay attention, you will fall victim to it. Both you as the consumer and someone who is on the receiving end of someone who is is over-consuming. So I would be really, really intentional about the way that you consume sexual stimuli. I would be really, really careful about the way that you consume media about the way you consume uh, your purchase power, the way that you utilize your purchase power, and the people that you invite into your life. You know, if you are not careful, you will be robbed of connection and intimacy uh, because you are not willing to say no to hard work and real success and cultivating real development in your life. Um, re- the, the idea that you exist to consume or that you are entitled to a certain level of consumption or that you are entitled to a result just because you want it. I am entitled to the success because I want it and someone saw it, right? I don't have to become an expert. I don't have to do the work. I don't have to learn the lessons. I just am by my program. I do not have to court you or date you or show you any kind of respect. I am entitled to your body. Because I have been entitled to all of these other bodies. I am entitled to this pleasure. Why shouldn't I be entitled to yours? Don't you want to feel good? Shouldn't I be entitled to that? I am entitled to the physique that I want simply because I want it. Why should I have to put in any hard work? Why should I have to say no? Why should I have to sweat? Um, that kind of entitled mentality is born out of the culture that we live in of instant gratification. And it is ruining our fucking lives. It is leaving us sadder, lonelier, more broke, more depressed, and more isolated than ever before. Do better. I know that you can. The reason I'm so passionate about this is because what what saved me, what got me into fitness was the idea that I felt incapable. I felt like I wasn't strong. But When you talk about your fitness goals and your journey, no one but you can lift that weight, can do the reps, can hit the sets. No one can show up but you. If you want to run, if you want to climb, if you want to lift, if you want to sprint, if you want to swim, whatever it is that you want to do, 
No one can physically do it but you. And so it introduces the idea, if you have, if you have never had it before, it introduces this idea that you are capable, but you have to work. And it teaches you how to work, how to, excuse me, it teaches you how to work for something, right? In a frame of, I want this thing, so I have to work for it. Um, so if you've never experienced that before, it definitely offers a really profound perspective for you. And so that's the shift that we're in. When we, when we talk about coaching and lifestyle coaching, a large part of my job is to remove is is to because it's difficult to remove i don't want to use that word is to show people that they this is not instant is to remove the concept of instant gratification from this leg of their journey or from this leg of their being and through lots of conversation and tools and implementation of how to set boundaries to help their goals happen and so on and so on and so forth that that comes with that comes boundaries in all other aspects of their health, right? They learn how to control their impulses. They learn how to work hard for something. They want better connections with the people in their lives. They want better sex. They want better intimacy. Um, all of these things create a healthy and balanced lifestyle, but you have to be really intentional with it. You can't just say, fuck it, I'm going to get what I want anyway. No, it requires no to some things and intention to other things. You have to shape your life with intention. And fitness specifically showed me that. And so I use that to help show others that. But your journey might be different, whatever that means for you. Um, I absolutely believe that you can do it, but you have to stay back, take a step back and know it. You have to know, you have to take stock of where you're at. How am I spending my time? How are my connections? Do I want more from my life? What is happening around me? And can I do better? I would put money that you can. I would absolutely put money that you fucking can. Um, <laughs> there are so many, there are so many nuances to the topics that I've covered today. Um, but I, I think this is a really good start to our next series. You know, your last few episodes were tools for your life's tool belt. I'm a firm believer in tools for your tool belt. You know, we start with, we start with a tool belt, right, for life. And then maybe we get enough tools and show and uh, sharpen and hone them enough so we can get a toolbox. And then ultimately, I want like a walk-in tool shed so that I can handle anything that life throws at me. My job is to help arm you with the tools that I have acquired. Hopefully I can get some more tools from you. We're going to sharpen and hone them together. If there's anything that you would like to see, you have any questions about topics that we've covered, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can shoot me a DM on Instagram at the Liz Life. That's T-H-E-L-I-Z-Z-L-I-F-E. Um, that's also my TikTok handle um, and also my email. You can add me at thelizlife at gmail.com. Please go like, subscribe, comment. I have, this will be on YouTube as well. You can find this on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, all the things. Um, <laughs> I think I've covered all the things that I have to cover today. It has been such a pleasure to be back with you. Please do not hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. I love you and I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye, friends. Welcome to the least life. Welcome to the Liz Life. Welcome to the Liz Life. Welcome to the Liz Life.
life. Welcome to the list, life. 